Young and Drunk Podcast. My man Brandon Drunma is on the line. He is in Atlanta. B, what's going on? Not much, not much. Just running around like a crazy madman down here. About to, after we get off here, I got to go hop on down to the uh, shuttle and head towards the OU Open Practice. So there's a lot going on. A lot of interviews, a lot of podium talk. Um, the OU players just look pissed every time they're at the podium, so I don't know. So that's actually one of the things I wanted to touch on. It's like, you know, one of the things that I always enjoy is reading national media tweets about, you know, teams they don't cover every day. They kind of swoop in, they do their parachute story, they write their one friggin' column and they leave. Yeah. And Dan Wolkin out here talking about, hey, LSU players are like happy and they're energetic and OU players look like they would want to be anywhere else. Yeah, because they're pissed. <laughs> they're pissed. They're yep. tired of us reminding them you ain't ever won this game. They're tired of talking about Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson and Trajan Bridges. They're tired of talking about Jalen Hurst. They just want to go whip somebody's ass. Like, I, like I'm for this. Like, I don't know. Ugh. You're in the room, right? You're in the room. Yeah. What, what, is, what are your impressions? That's pretty much the vibe I got there. Tired of everything. Uh, Creed, look, Creed always says hi to me or it, something. And he barely made eye contact. He did turn to me when he – I don't think he really noticed it was me until like the last second. And he turned to me, he's like, oh, hey, drum, Merry Christmas. I said, you too, man. But he didn't smile. <laughs> I mean, there was no smile. There was nothing. They look angry. Freaking CD looks pissed. Um, Nobody's oh, my safe. goodness. Nobody's safe. <laughs> I mean, and, and then you got Jalen over there. They asked Jalen a question. And he goes, what do you mean? You asking me about how? That game, went. we won the game last time I was here. That's all I know. I mean, that's what we're at. He goes, so you tell me, what are you asking? Like, I mean, they're hot. And I told everybody on our board that that's what they were going to be like. They they were going to be short. I was warned that they were going to be short with the media all week because they're pissed. And they're they're holding true to that. Now, like, the line opened at 11 and a half. It's only gone up since then with, uh, they, with one, people just feeling better about LSU, because since then, since the, the matchup was put on paper by the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, let me just run through this. They have the Heisman winner, who also had his high school football stadium renamed Joe Burrow Stadium, which, hello. They have the Bolitnikoff Award winner, which is disputed by OU fans, I know, but that, that dude is Jamar Chase. They have the Paycom Jim Thorpe Award winner, for which many people want to tell me, as a city member on the selection committee, hey, man, he's not even the best DB on his own team. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, we can disagree about that. And, of course, they have the Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line, for which Oklahoma had that last year, and they're pissed about it because, well— it hasn't gone the way that they wanted it to go. You've had problems with Eric Swenson and R.J. Proctor at the left side, left tackle in particular. But they have played much better down the stretch. And that line continues to go up. But as that line continues to go up, you've seen OU players take on the persona. Like, I, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I've always thought that a team takes on the mentality of its coach, of its head coach. Like, yeah. that, that's who they are. And Riley has been short with us for, like, two solid weeks. Two solid yep. weeks of just not smiling. Two solid weeks of I'm not talking about it. Two solid weeks of, yeah, we're going to go ahead and show up anyway. <laughs> yep. I mean, you saw my write-up about when I, I told you he, he video chatted with the team um, from a plane. Right. 
And I've fudged a lot of stuff on there that I was told because it's just not stuff you say publicly. Right. Um, needless to say, Riley was hot. I mean, hot over some of the things that are being said in the media. And it's not the local media. I mean, he's pissed off about the suspensions being out and that the DTY stuff broke and all that. Yeah. Yes, he is. But that's not what he's pissed off about mostly. He's pissed off about just the belittling of his program that's being put out there by the national media, the the lack of respect that's being put out there. They were at the award ceremony, and I can tell you this from talking to people that, well, that were there and said that they were just treated like dog crap, like they were a second stepchild that nobody cared about and that they didn't deserve to be there, that they were just lucky to be there, that they were in the presence of greatness with Clemson and Ohio State and LSU, and they were just there just to fill in a spot and nothing more. And they took that to heart. And each and every player that was there took that to heart. Each and every coach took that to heart. Trust me, they're mad, they're focused, and since they've known about Ronnie Perkins being out, they they're they're well aware of this, so they've had time to prepare. And Riley touched on that, so I don't know that there's a people will act like this is like a massive loss. It's a big loss, but Redman has played well in that spot when he's played there. LeRon Stokes was defensive newcomer player of the year. Isaiah Thomas got a sack during the Big Twelve title game. It's not like they're devoid of talent. Marcus Stripling has looked good every time he's played. They've got guys. No, they're not Ronnie Perkins. But you would think by committee they would be able to get somebody with a hot hand that could play well for an extended period of time to at least cause a little bit of problems, right? I think some of this is warranted. Uh, I believe that you start at Ronnie Perkins, and Ronnie Perkins is your leading sack master. He's he has yes, sacks. he is, and I think that you know that's all of this is is within. If you want to turn it into material for the team, I, I'm, I'm for that. But the stakes are now so high because OU's been paying attention, Riley's been paying attention, heard so forth, so on about what people have been saying. But they've been saying it because the facts on the ground are the facts on the ground. You win this league and then you go and get, you know, embarrassed in, in the game that matters the most to everybody, which is this one. And on the one hand, I don't blame anybody for bringing up Oklahoma's played in this game four times and is 0 for 4, right? I don't blame anybody for that. I don't blame them for saying Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield were better quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts. I don't blame them for saying what if Grinch was the defensive coordinator the year last year or the year before that or whatever. I go back to, if you want people, like, as cliche as this sounds, I love the Little Giants and I think that it's an awesome movie, but one of the things I love about Ed O'Neill's character was, hey, this is football. You don't ask for things, you take them. If you want everybody's respect, go take it on Saturday. Because, I mean, what, what good is us talking you up and what good is us talking Boondini Browning you if you're going to go get embarrassed? You know, like that's, that's, what I, that's what I guard against. I don't want anybody on this fan base to be embarrassed because I know that everybody's out here now, right? You are, you are out there with your yeah. friends, your, your family. Everybody is, is out there going, so what happens when y'all get drilled by 30? Like, yo, I don't want anybody to have to deal with that. So I, I just I hope that that shows up on the field. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. And look, I, I'm not one that really believes that what is said before a game has any bearing 
once it's kicked off. But you want to know what it does have bearing in? The lead up. The focus. The... Do you allow the distractions to get in your way? Do you allow the pats on the back to make you fat and lazy? Do you allow... You know, that stuff leading up to the game matters. But once it's kicked off, it doesn't matter. It all goes kind of out the window. But it does play a part of how focused you are. And Grinch talked about that today. He said, look, we can control how we prepare and we can control how focused we are and all that stuff. And that's where we become a good defense to a great defense. We're talented. And that the preparation is where you've got to know that these guys to my left are going to be able to to hold their end of the bargain and trust that they are and be have confidence. And he goes, that's the one thing I, I can say about my defense, even the backup safeties that are going to be out there. I trust them. And the fact that Grinch came out and said that after saying – all year that he's had trouble with the safeties, and ironically I say the word trouble because that's DTY's nickname, that they they don't have any depth, all that. And now he's coming out and he's, he's portraying this confidence in them. That's different. And I'm wondering what, what the difference is or if it's just crap coming out of their mouth. I, we're going to find out Saturday. So I want to flip now to LSU and its offense talk about Clyde edwards alaire their star tailback. And I say star tailback because I crunched the numbers on this. Yes, 1,290 yards rushing. He leads, he's their leading rusher, but also 50 catches. He is a star tailback. 50 yes. catches. And for perspective, CD's got 58, right? I don't care that he missed mm-hmm. a game. That's still a monster number for a tailback. And they really don't have any guys that are proven behind him in the same way. For perspective here. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has 197 rushing attempts this season. That's 44% of all rushing attempts by anybody wearing LSU colors. And the next two tailbacks behind him, John Emery and Ty Davis-Price, have combined for 96. For perspective, Joe Burrow has 96 rushing attempts. And while I believe that he's a mobile quarterback and I believe he's elusive, he ain't. he's thrown for 4,700 yards, so he's a pass-first quarterback. I think we're both calling BS on whether or not he plays on Saturday. I'm saying no, and as I understand it, you're saying no too. Yes, I'm saying from everything I've been told, no. But I'm not going to completely throw it out just because, I mean, they're, they're talking like definitively. Like the way that Inzminger was talking, the way that Jamar Chase was talking, they act like he's going to be out there playing. Yeah, I don't know. Um if he was going to be out there playing, why wasn't he up there on the podium answering questions? Because you don't bring two wide receivers. You bring Joe Burrow, DEH, and Jamar Chase. That's who you bring when it comes to the offensive three. I think they said no because they don't want him walking out there with crutches and showing that. Whatever. you know. I well, think we're going Ed, to find Ed, out. Ed said yesterday he's off crutches and off the scooter. Okay. Now well, he did, he also I need to I need to insert this. He did not practice today, Tuesday, the day we're recording this. He did not, or he was not seen practicing when they had their availability. Yeah, I mean he could have been in the bag on a bike or something, and then just came out when the media left. I mean, well, they, they have do, to make this, him available on Thursday. Yes, they do. So like, we're gonna get an answer. Yeah, um, the, whether that answers. A uh, 
Fence writing answer is probably going to be what we're going to get. Well, um, I'm, I'm okay with that, but I, his demeanor, the way he stands, like, you know I ran track in college. You know I, I'm a, I love track and field. And I'm yeah. here to tell you, man, anytime you're on crutches for a hamstring injury, that is not a one-week injury. That's six to eight weeks. It's worse than a high ankle sprain. I mean, it's, it's, it's debilitating, and you can barely walk without pain, let alone fire off and, and explode through a hole. I just don't see it, Brandon. Yeah, no, again, I'm with you, um, but I also am not one that's going to write DTY completely out, too. So, Ooh, yeah. look at you! Um, no, and, I, and I, I'm not, I don't want anybody to get your hopes up or say that Drum says that DTY is going to play. All right, so be clear about what you're saying. Um, I'm saying that Riley said... I mean, he left it open that there's a chance that he could play. Oh, God. He did. Uh, he, the way he worded it. Now, we're going to know uh, later on in the week um, whether he can play or not. That is the deal. And I here's the deal about collarbones, and you know this, I know this. You can't hurt it any worse. So if you can get 20, 30 snaps out of him, you try to get 20, 30 snaps. If, if, if he can do it. Now, I don't know. I, I I would say there's a 99.9% chance he doesn't play, but there's that 0.1 chance that zero, he's probably going to get You know he's going to try to give it a go. 0.01, dog. Zero yeah, 0.01. 0. 0. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, I'm over here just babbling. No, Anyways. I, I'm, I'm, and I'm inserting there because, look, I broke my collarbone in, in high school, and I went out – like I broke my collarbone because I'm an idiot and tried to jump over the first baseman. Right, so I go yeah. out there after I need help to put my catcher's gear on because that's my position. And the first time I go to catch a fastball that's high and outside, I'm like, oh, okay, I can't actually lift my shoulder. So like, <laughs> I mean, or lift my arm above my head. So I don't see it, man, because you got to be able to pass defend and you got to be able to wrap people up. Yeah, I know. And and I don't think we're so barbaric now as to shoot up a kid for this game i don't think that's i don't know that i don't i don't I, that's not where i'm going with. okay where, where I'm are just, you going I, i'm just saying that from what and you know what colin knows more in this song okay. than i do okay. so this okay. is this is more his thing than okay. me that's why i'm trying to be very vague about it because colin kennedy will if there's a chance he can play colin kennedy will know because of what he knows. Right. Um, Check the board, people. He won't. Oh, you yeah, you're gonna, then, yeah, This is just such a – I know people are going to be pissed and be like, well, they're, they're just hitting, trying to get – no, we're not trying to get subs here. It's just I brought it up because I was asked, number one. Number two, um, in, a, in a game like this, a kid's going to do everything he can to try to get on the field. And, and I'm not talking about getting shot up. I think I'm talking about can they pad his shoulder right? Can they make it to where – they do certain things now. And then when you have Lincoln Riley say it the way he said it, as of right now, uh, he's not going to play, but we'll see throughout the week. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, man. Well, I know that he played Hollywood Brown in the Orange Bowl and everybody regretted that. Yep, exactly. So, but that, but again, we, we knew that Hollywood was going to play and we broke it last year while everybody else was saying he wasn't going to. hundred percent. And that's where I'm coming out and saying this because – the kids want to play. I'm not saying I'm not saying this isn't Brandon Drum reporting he's going to play. I'm reporting that these kids do everything they can to get on the field with a game of this magnitude. 
and they will take an extra bit of pain because they know they're going to have surgery when it's over with and be able to play the next year. So they're not going to be doing anything for the next two months anyways. You know what I mean? So why not? You understand what I'm saying, right? I do. And I kind of, let me, let's take. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The break, and I want to pick this up on the other side. After talking about the injuries to Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Delaire and Turner-Yell, the next conversation that I think is really important to have is just what we expect from the running backs at Oklahoma. Because you got Kennedy Brooks, who's a known commodity and everybody trusts. You got Jalen Hurts, who basically acts like a running back in situations, right? I mean, Dave Aranda even referred to Oklahoma's offense as a triple option. But behind him, there's going to be no Ramondre Stevenson, as we reported. You're looking at TJ Pledger, who has eight carries this season, 7.8 yards per carry, and then 30 last season for about six yards per carry. But again, I would go back to what we say about the pass rushers for the defense. There's a reason why you didn't see T.J. Pledger, and yet now and still, it feels like if there's going to be an ascension, now is the time. Yeah. I mean, T.J. Pledger, this is your time, man. I mean, that, that essentially, that's exactly what this is, and you've he's, he's got to play well for Oklahoma, and he's going to get minimum carries. I mean, even Ramondre got – minimal carries right when he was available so it's just he made the most of those carries when he got them now how does he react to that how does he go about handling it in a game again of this magnitude I mean this is he hasn't played a whole heck of a lot and Riley came out and said he goes this is he reminds this the way this whole situation's been handled is reminiscent of Ronnie Anderson, which I don't know if I believe that, but that's what he says. So um, if that is to be true, Pledger's a good running back. <laughs> so, I mean, and Oklahoma fans shouldn't worry about a whole heck of a lot because that means Ramondre Steven, or sorry, uh, TJ Pledger is damn good. <laughs> so, and I think we all think he's good, but when you say, Rodney Anderson, you're talking about a dude who ran for 1,200 yards in the last six games of his junior year, or his sophomore year. Also I mean, a guy that had 290 yards against a top six TCU yeah. team. And, you know, had and like, 230 versus Georgia. Yeah, yeah. 201. I mean, 201. Okay, 201. my bad. My bad. 200, uh, but, but 200 still, yards. But still, still, yeah, still. Stupid uh, amounts uh, of right. yards against yeah. the number one defense in the country. Right, 100%. 100%. No, I think that's a good place to put it, and – you know, I put this Twitter poll out on both sides going, which DB do you expect to get his, his grits cooked for LSU and which DB do you expect to get his grits cooked for Oklahoma? Because, again, I call it the Charlie's Angels trio of wide receivers over at LSU and Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Terrence Marshall to say nothing of Moss, who's a monster. And then on the other side, we all know about C.D. Lamb, but Charleston Rambo can take the top off the defense and Lee Morris is poised to eat because 
I really think he's a matchup problem for everybody, particularly the safeties yeah. and linebackers that he's going to face. So I'm going to ask you, which guy do you trust the least for Oklahoma and which guy do you trust the least for LSU at defensive back? Which guy do I trust the least for Oklahoma? As far as, what do you mean? Matching up on a wide receiver. Oh, okay, okay. <sighs> Bookie. Ooh, yep, that's the, that's the, that's a fan pick on favorite. Okay, tell me why. Well, and here's, here's why. I've seen, I've seen, okay, are we talking about it safety or just overall? We're just talking about overall. Oh, okay. Overall, so that could be a linebacker too. Okay. No, we're talking about defensive backs. Defensive oh, okay. backs are corners and safeties. Okay, gotcha. I understand what they are. Oh. but I thought I thought when you said matchup, okay, um, probably Jaden Davis actually. Just because that's fair. Yeah, I've seen him get picked on quite a bit lately. It's fair. Okay, and for well, and I, and I say, and I don't, I don't want to say. Pat Fields has played really well man to man throughout the season. Uh he doesn't really get interceptions, but he's always there to bat the ball down. Um he's physical. Um Parno Motley, I trust him just because he's been unbelievable this year. Um Trey gets the beat. last month. Yeah, I mean, my God. Um Trey I trust just because he has good makeup speed, but he does get burnt in and out of place sometimes. Uh, but Davis has been burnt in bad situations um, and in big situations. And they've been touchdowns when he's been burnt. So, And it's not that he's not good because he's good. We've seen him be good. He's a freshman. He's taking his lumps. That's just what happens, period. Yeah, well, Even the best freshman even this year in the that, country. Well, that's kind of the lumps. thing, right? Because people pick on people because they're freshmen. And I think that's been the reason why Derek Stingley's been so good. Like. People really want to remind me that Devontae Smith took one to the house and that Van Jefferson was able to beat him. They don't want to remember that he did a 360 pirouette to pick off a pass from Bo Nix that was meant for Seth Williams down the sideline or that he had a pickoff in the end zone against Florida or that he really did show up and shut down wide receivers at Georgia. I Look, I get picking on kids because they're young and you just want to see what they're, they're made of. But at this point in the mm-hmm. season where everybody's played 13 games – Yo, man, I'm going to move CD around. I'm going to try to get him matched up on a safety. But believe it or not, I'd rather him matched up on the Jim Thorpe Award winner than Derek Stingley Jr. Right. That's how much respect I have for that kid. Now, that said, I think that Christian Fulton is really good. And he's come on strong the last couple of weeks in particular. But Jacoby Stevens, I, hey, man, like if I get him matched up on Lee Morris, I feel good about that. Same right. thing. And, I, you know, I would say the same thing about Justin Broyles, quite honestly. Because... A cornerback converted to safety is not necessarily going to get me inspired to think of greatness. Like, I'm still skeptical of Woody Washington at safety because he was so good at corner. And because being a corner means you know what to do with the boundary. It also means that you Mm -hmm. never learn to apply leverages. You know, like playing your leverage at nickel and safety is so terribly important. But with Grinch and the way that he calls his defense, the safety's being smart and being where they're supposed to be and basically having your run fits has been the most important part of what they do because the safeties have played well when Oklahoma gets a pass rush, but ain't nobody been able to get a pass rush against this offensive line. And that's a right. problem, which means that your your pass defense Whoa. is going to have to be so much better. Did you say nobody's been able to get a pass rush against LSU's offensive line? 
were you listening? Because that's what I said. See, that's I'm. Tell me who. I don't know. I, Argue with me with facts. Is... Argue with me with facts. Let's go. No, I, I don't know. I'm trying to see how many, how many times Joe Burrow been sacked this year. Because I see him running around all the time. Uh, he does a really good job moving in the pocket. Well, I mean, that's part of that's that's part of pass protection is your is your quarterback taking care of himself. Like you know, like one of the things that we talk about in the NFL with the Houston Texans is 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 uh, Lamar Jackson is Deshaun Watson out there sacking himself, or is he getting out of the way? Because many times he's holding the ball and he's sacking yeah. himself, right? Joe Burrow doesn't do that, and I think that's part of pass protection. Like when we look at Jalen Hurts and we look at Oklahoma's offensive line, would we say the offensive line is good? No, we would say that Jalen Hurts has been able to get out of bad situations. Yeah, how many sacks do you think he's had this year? I don't know. Twenty-eight. Okay. That's a lot. Uh all right. Yeah, I'll grant that. Who's been able to get the pass rush consistently to knock him off his skilter, though? Tell me, tell me which which one of his which is his worst game. Probably Utah State, where he went for like. Two, uh, let me two. go to the game log here. Gotta go to the dang game log here. That's fine. Uh, he was sacked five times against Alabama. How many? He was sacked, but yeah, but what he, he was sacked for? three times against. What he passed? Okay. For? Uh, almost four hundred. Okay, how many picks he throw in that game? Zero. How many touchdowns he play? Three. Okay. Well, I mean, cool. I mean, like. I, I, oh, all right, so now we base. I mean, that's a five point game, right? Forty six, forty one. Well, he yeah, and he, he was okay. sacked. He was sacked four times against Texas through one interception, four touchdowns. And you might argue that Texas played the best defense against that team we've seen all yeah. year. Yeah. So like, you got to be able to pass rush. We know that, and you got to be able to pass defend. And I guess that's the other part of this, right? When we when, according to the stats. When they've been able to get a pass rush, they haven't been able to pass defend because 400 yards is bad. <laughs> like, it's, there's no cutting that up to where it's good. So somebody's getting open or you're blitzing him to get home and you get home now and again, but he's torching you. So, like, what do you do? Yeah, no, I'm trying to see Jalen Hurts how many times he's been sacked in 2019. It better be um, lower than 25. It better be. I think it is. Trying to see here. As much as that boy takes off and runs with the football. But you know what? Sa- he holds on to the ball a lot, too. He also puts the ball on the ground, but I've been on that perch for a very long time. Yeah. Um, trying to, I'm pulling it up right now. So um, why, why are you pulling that up? I'm going to relate a story that Nick Saban told uh, about that national championship game that Tua Tonga-Valoa came in and ended up winning after Jalen Hurts was a starter. He said, look. Jalen was my starter going in, but I always knew in the back of my mind that we had these outstanding skill players, and Jalen just hasn't, hasn't done a good enough job getting them the ball. So it wasn't me actually like pulling something out of my behind to say we're going to run two up. No, it was always there, and we would always planned for this because I need somebody that can get the ball to these outstanding playmakers that we have, and Tua was that guy. Another thing you needed was not to put the ball on the ground because as much right. as – I mean, Tua would try to force the ball, right? But there's, there's a big difference between being Jameis Winston, right, and forcing the ball down the field and mm-hmm. actually fumbling the ball because you just don't want to take a shot. Like, my, my really big beef with Jalen Hurts is not really that he fumbles the football, right, as much as I call it out because I don't think there's any good excuse for fumbling the football. My beef is people are open and he won't pull the trigger. 
Yeah. That's that's the thing, right? Or when he does pull the trigger, he pulls it too late. You know, right. and that like that that's the part of his game that I hope he has a Trevor Knight moment in this game, you know, where just like he sees it all and he lets it go. Or he trusts the receivers to go make a play. Cause like if I see C D Lamb on one on one coverage, I don't care if it is Derek Stingley Jr., I have to take that shot. Cause I'm not gonna I don't have a better option. You know what I mean? No, no, I agree. No. Um here he's got twenty one sacks, by the way. Okay, so it is lower than twenty five. Good times. Yep. Yep, so barely, but <laughs> it's there. Oh. No, but but hey, look, it, for a guy four is a lot. I mean, sack and four is that's a lot. Well, I mean, but, when you talk about sacks, but it's also the thing where I mean, Jalen has more than two hundred attempts, right? Rush attempts. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's got he's got way more than that. Uh, hold on, I can go look. Yeah. So like you go shouldn't you shouldn't be sacked all that often if you're taking off with the ball because one of the things people always ask is like, first of all, I didn't start this. Yeah. I didn't chart this, so you can go chart it yourself. But they're like, how many of these are called runs and how many of these are him just take it off? Does it matter? Does it really no, matter? No, it doesn't as long as he's gaming. Hey, look, here's here's how Riley looks at it. Okay, does it matter? No, because he's averaging six yards a carry. And you do that twice and you got a first down. That's right. that's how Riley looks at it. Right. No, and, that, and so, I think that's the fair way to look at it. I think that's the fair way to look at it. So and and I know I know OU fans and this has been my thing and you and I have discussed this. It's not that he's not good. It's not that and OU OU fans some OU fans don't think he's good and I think they're dumb. And and here's why. He's good. He's you, not great. Yeah, he's not great. He's and, good. He's not great. That I mean, there's, okay, no, that's, there's no shame I'm in getting that. to that. I'm, I'm getting to that. And the reason why people don't think he's good is because he's different. The way he goes about it is different. And he's different because of all the things you named earlier, which are his downfalls yeah, of that. holding onto the ball, throwing it a little too late, uh, not hitting guys on deep routes, backside posts that are wide open with Rambo. Which I've been four saying. Times in the backside four times in the Big 12 title game. I counted I talked to somebody that counted it as well that is supposed to count it. And, um, <laughs> I mean, this is this is stuff that drives him crazy. But at the same time, they win, and yeah. one of my sources said, "You know what? Does he miss stuff? Yes, but he wins, and he makes the plays that need to be done." You know what he told me? Uh, I asked one person, uh, I actually multiple people that would know about the Lee Morris when he, you know the bad interception yeah, he threw yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Big Twelve. Lee Morris went the wrong way. Yeah, okay. And people, he threw it where he was supposed to, I, and if he would have thrown it, Lee Morris would have still been running. He, he look, I. I, I think we can unpack that at a, at a later date uh, because that's that's revisionist, and I don't want to do that. I want to look forward to this game, and I want to look yeah. forward to recruiting. Well, I'm just making a point that not everything's his fault. Is I guess what I'm saying. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, that's quarterbacks. We know not everything. But he not takes the brunt. He takes it well. well. He said that's my fault. Well, okay, that's your job as the quarterback. Yes, it is. That's but he does that well. Some people yeah, will point fingers. Yeah, you know they, what I mean? They don't last long at quarterback. Nope. You know, like I tell everybody, it's the most important position, the most individual, uh, individualistic position, but it's also the one that's dependent on everybody else. Like, if your offensive line doesn't like you, you're going to get killed. If your wide receivers don't like you, they're not going to catch the ball. If your running backs don't like you, they're going to get you killed. Like, if you you got you to gotta take that, you know? And, yep. and you leave it to the coaches to be like, okay, so Lee, you were wrong here, and you know you were wrong here, whereas quarterback does that, you're going to lose Lee. You know, mm -hmm. I, actually, you wouldn't lose Lee. Because Lee is a class individual and a class man, but I, I'm saying with other receivers, you might lose them. 
You know, yeah, the egotistical ones. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. On the other side, I want to actually talk some recruiting because you and I <laughs> didn't do a signing day or early signing period. Rec- Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com yeah yeah that's fine so let's do that give me a second all right so b early signing period came and went big news was jace mcclellan not signing with this class after being a two-year commit ends up at alabama but let's focus on some positives pick up number one number two defensive tackles in the junior college ranks picked up a junior college db in the I think number, number six overall. Number one safety. Yeah, number, yeah, one, number safety. one safety. Yeah. Right. And Seth McGowan, I think, is Saquon Barkley-like. Uh, I think and more people understand I think he's that. Rodney Anderson, but yeah. Well, I'm saying Saquon Barkley because of the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the numbers. Thighs. Well, not just yeah. – like he's, he's, <laughs> Freaking cl- he's power-cleaning 340 as a rising senior. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Like as a, as a rising senior in college, Saquon Barkley was pulling four bills. Okay? Woo. Yeah, but Seth McGowan is like four years younger at the same time. He's pulling three forty off the floor and he's catching it. What? Mm. Get out of that's here! It's like you know, you know, another person that did that that's playing at Oklahoma. Think about it. He was a powerlifting champion. Oh man, can we State not champion. talk about Jalen Hurts in this segment? Oh, okay, okay. Well, hey, <laughs> I just said there's another person that did it. You, hey, because now you're telling me that he's a running back. Um, hey, <laughs> kind of. You walked into that one. I'm just saying. I did. You, I did. You walked I did. into that. I, I thought about it before I said anything, but okay. I was like, "This is too good to okay. pass up." The All stats right. getting thrown out there. Right. Um, but no, what's your favorite signing of this early signing period? Justin Harrington. Okay. All right. I like Perry and Winfrey and, and Ellison, obviously. No, just but, focus on Justin for just a second. And I'll tell you why I like Justin: uh, length, speed, range. Big makes big play after big play for the defense. He's a ball hawk. He is fits exactly what Alex Grinch loves. And man, he's gonna be good as long as he can pick that defense up. And as long as he comes in and works and does the things he's supposed to do on and off the field, you really gotta think that he can come in and be a big time difference maker. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that. Um my favorite is Josh Ellison because of how late they were in getting to him and because I saw his tape at A&M Consolidated a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. I and my God, dude. He's like, quick. It's not just that he's quick. It's that he he tackles like a linebacker. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I know the stats will jump out at people. Like, as a senior, he had 121 tackles and 25 for loss as a defensive tackle, which – Again, is bonkers, but so quick getting off. And I love what his, his uh, Bling College coach had to say about him. He said, look, people don't even run to his side. They run the ball the other way. That's why he doesn't get the stats that you would like to see him have because even in run defense, people don't want any part of him. I'm going, that's, yeah. that's strong. Because I'm, I... I'm not going to dictate my, my run game based on where the tackle is. <laughs> and yeah, yet. No, they do. Yeah. Can I name another one? Please, that I like please. A lot? 
I'm a huge, 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 huge Brendan Walker fan. Okay. All right. And I'll unpack that for a second. The reason is I asked Alex Grinch. I just – and it was a simple way of asking him was – Inside, outside. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. I just said he's versatile, right? I mean – and his eyes lit up, and he's like, that's exactly how and why we love him. Because he can do so many different things for us, and he's college-ready at 6'3", 240 pounds, and can move. They expect him to come in and really compete for a job, like right now. And I've been told that by multiple people. And not very many people are talking about him. They all see him as like this three-star guy that played middle linebacker and outside linebacker for Bishop McGinnis. And he doesn't make a lot of plays because, well, again, like you said about Josh Ellison, they ran away from him all year. You line him up on one side, they go to the other side. I went to several games, and I would listen to the cadence and the check, and they would see McGinnis would walk him up to a side late, and instantly the, the quarterback would check and go to the opposite side. And that happened time and time again. He's a difference maker. When they did try to drop back and pass, he knows how to use his hands. He's not real strong with his hands and his punch yet, but that's something that can be learned with strength and obviously technique. But he's going to be good because he's got the g- genetics and he's got the want to, and he's a very, very smart. He's a valedictorian, so he's smart too. So there's a lot to really like about this guy, and he's a freak athlete. At 6'3", 240 pounds. The reason why he's not ranked higher, he didn't do camps. That's really the only reason. So, I, I, I enjoy that take. Um, I think Brendan is a is a class kid. Uh, I also want to just, for the folks that are listening, go through the early enrollees. Because you saying that they expect him to compete means that they expect a lot of him this summer because he's not one of yep. the early enrollees. So, I'm just going to run right. through it for people that don't know. So uh, forgive me if you already do, but uh, this usually helps people. So early enrollees, to the, meaning they're joining up in January to take classes, so forth, so on, are Josh Ellison, Devin Graham, DJ Graham, Justin Harrington, Mikey Henderson, Seth McGowan, Marvin Mims, who I just wrote a feature about on OUinsider.com, outstanding kiddo, national record holder, Noah Nelson, Aaron Parks, Andrew Rame, Bryson Washington, that's a big one, Shane Witter, and Perion Winfrey. So that's 12 of, I believe it was, they signed 20? 20 or 22? So that's... They signed 22 right 22. now. 22. So yeah. the other thing I wanted to bring to you, Brandon, about this class was, even with Michael Jones in the portal, even with Caleb Kelly not coming back, even with uh-huh. Kenneth Murray Jr. we're thinking might declare, and Ceding Lamb we know is going to declare, they're still at 86 for 85. Yeah. Like, and they can sign a 104-year span. Right. So, like, what are you thinking? I think they have two. If you've been on OUinsider.com, we were out in front of the Grimes thing long before everybody else just because <laughs> Reggie basically told us what he was doing. Right. Um, and then he didn't tell me he what he wanted that a secret or anything ever. But then they started changing what their story with people. But I can tell you all that – uh, there's a reason why OU feels very comfortable about Reggie Grimes, and they're not worried at all. Um, I think there's another signee out there that's going to announce in the next couple of weeks uh, that's a big-time get for Oklahoma for a variety of reasons, and I'll leave it at that. 
Um, and obviously, I think Oklahoma is his is dad an offensive at, coordinator. I don't know. He could be. I don't know. Um, I, I have to ask the kid. Um, I tried, people. Uh, um, I want everybody to know I tried. Guess uh, you're gonna have anyways, to go subscribe to the board. No. Um, then you have um, Corey Wren, who I think. I know Oklahoma feels like they have a really good shot, despite all these other offers. I don't Oklahoma know, man. Arizona was, State feels real. Like when I when do. I go and look at that, because he knows what we know, which is that they'll ride one tailback. They'll ride one. Like Eno Benjamin was the man for two years, mm-hmm. and, and that that is not necessarily up for grabs because they got somebody they really like. But they will run the football, and he'll get a crap ton of touches. So I, that one, I think, feels real. The others that have come in late, Texas and USC among them, not so much, but like... Yeah, no, I don't I don't buy that. I buy I buy, I buy. buy this as an Arizona State OU battle. Okay. Um, and I think Oklahoma, I know Oklahoma feels like they have a really good shot of getting it. Um, and he is going to visit in January. Uh, we've already talked about that up on the board. They haven't, he... he they haven't set a date, so the way I posted on the board was they haven't gotten to that point as far as setting a date. But it's happening. Probably around January 13th, 14th. That type of time period is when it's going to happen. Um, I think Oklahoma sits really well with him. Uh, and the reason is is because Oklahoma can say, we can use you not only at running back, but we're going to use your speed and make you more viable for the NFL and line you up in the slot and do a lot of the things that we did with Joe Mixon, that we did with Ronnie Anderson, that we did with Trey Sermon, those type of things, where they line him up everywhere because they're versatile guys. Well, and that's and, exactly what he and is. And he has outstanding hands oh, and outstanding and speed. speed. He's 4 oh 3 one forty guy, guys. He's yep. that fast. And to watch him in there, the, I love their offense down there at uh, John Curtis because it's, it's, yeah, got, the, it's got that near set with the two uh-huh. tailbacks and three-point stance. Is and he he's I mean he's so good at just I mean he picks the ball out of the air like a wide receiver and I enjoy that out of a tailback. Now he's slight, yep. right? Because he's about five nine, buck seventy. But if he gets ahead of steam, you're not Gone. gonna catch him. And I love nope. that. I, I and he's got a high step to him. He's feeling himself out there. Like he knows he's good. <laughs> I, I I enjoy that. Um, yep. Then you've obviously got Collins. Right, after. Alfred Collins. Um, right, yeah, Alfred Collins, four-star defense tackle out of Bastrop. Five two seventy-five. And if you watch this film, oof, my goodness okay. gracious! All right, we gotta talk about his stance, dog. Uh, it's weird. It's not. It's bad. It's a teepee. <laughs> and yet, it's weird. And that, but and he yet, still flies right, off the ball. Right, I was gonna say, like that's the thing. Like if he gets a fix, he's a monster. Cause like, because like he's basically standing up. Like he's yeah, got his hand on the ground, but he's basically standing up. He's an animal, man. I, I oh my goodness. If Oklahoma, think about. I want people to wrap their head around this for a second. If they are to get him, and we haven't even talked about Noah Renze, who I've seen in person, and he is, I guess, the all-time sack guy at uh, Webster Webster Grove. Mm-hmm. Um, and he only played two years. Also six five two forty. And he's going to weigh about two eighty when he gets done at. Yep. Because he's so long, his yep. frame is so. Yep. I mean, he's ridiculous. I watched him at the St. Louis opening regional against some of the best offensive linemen in the country, and he dominated them. Made it to the top five, was so close to getting an openings finals invite, 
he's an animal and he's raw. He's he, he's played football for two and a half years. Well, I mean, Jalen Redmond was much the same way. I think that's that's a good comp. Jalen Redmond was much the same way. Didn't play a lot of football. Was a basketball player, uh, and then kind of came on here, especially of late. Um, I also wanted just to fill out the Alfred Collins bit just a little bit. He is a Texas legacy. His mom went to school there. You've yes. been on this for years. Uh, he's also in a where like I would say Oklahoma's in a battle with Baylor at present because yeah. he essentially plays the same position as, as, uh, as James Lynch at Baylor, mm-hmm. and he starred out there. And, and we all know what Matt Rule says he can do with developing kiddos, and he did that. He developed a bunch of kiddos. Um, and before we get out of here, I kind of want to pivot back to the Peach Bowl for just a second because Dave Aranda says something that I think we need to give some air to. Or not Dave Aranda. Steve Insminger uh, says something yeah. we need to give some air to, which is Kenneth Murray Jr. might be the best linebacker in the country. I have the audio of uh, the, talking about the the actual, um, if we want to hear it real quick, uh, the actual uh, him talking about how fast Oklahoma's defense is and just how good. And then I have the audio of uh, Kenneth Murray uh doing the same thing, uh, responding to what was said. Here, just a second. And I don't put anything down against the defense we play, because we play a great defense, but this might be the fastest defense we face. They can run. Their defensive line can run. Their linebackers can run. Their secondary can run. Uh, they, 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 they present problems with their speed. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's protection first. Uh, you've got to be able to run the football against this team. Uh, which nobody has. You know, you put up uh, explosive runs on tape, and there's not very many of them. So uh, it, it's got to be a good mixture. You know, uh, I think you um, uh, the, the defense coordinator does a great job of checking the check and everything else. Um, I think you have to be a little bit faster with this defense. And uh, as far as calling plays and getting it in and, and let's go, um, it, it'll be a challenge. You know, one of our goals this season was to, to have one of the fastest defenses in the country. Um, and so I think that's something that's been presented to us by our coaches. And I think that's something that, um, you know, we, we truly try to try to um, embody. And I think, um, you know, when first when, when Coach Prince first came in, you know, um, you know, he talked about straining to the ball. I mean, I think, um, you know, early on in the process, um, you know, we, we, we found ourselves straining to the ball. And I really understand that, you know, that, that, that um, if we strain to the ball, they really could be, become a weapon um, and, and really become our identity. Um, and I think, um, you know, throughout time and, you know, you know, going throughout the summer and stuff like that, you know, we truly, um, you know, figured out that, you know, you know, you know straining to the ball is, you know, something that, 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 that can be a weapon for us and be something that's, 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 that's positive and it's something that, you know, we do with a purpose. And so, um, uh, I think we, we take a lot of pride in, 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 in flying around to the ball. Um, and then when we don't fly around to the ball, it's something that we hear about from our coaches. So um, I think that's that's what, what keeps us accountable. There you go. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, Steven so doesn't really – okay, go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask you what's your take. I don't think that straining to the ball is a weapon that you can use. I think straining to the ball is what you do when you play football. <laughs> Yeah, I love K9, but, he, you know, come on, man. I think Steve Insminger talked about Alex Grinch being able to check out his stuff was also big. I think that's going to be a big part of what they do. You're gonna see, If they check with the line, you're going to see them check, and then they're going to go mm-hmm. do what they need to do when they think something's changed. So the chess match is going to be a lot of fun. I think 
hearing Steve Insminger talk and not Joe Brady talk also tells you a lot, right? Because Joe Brady's passing game coordinator and Steve Insminger is actually the play caller. He's actually also yep. the coordinator. So that was fun. Um, anything you wanted to get to before we wrap it up? No, I just I, I thought that that was a interesting back and forth between you know compliments and then K nine kind of opening up to the compliment. I I legitimately am starting to believe, and I've said this from the start. I think this game, and I, I said it last podcast. I think Oklahoma covers. I do, and I think they cover for a variety of reasons. But most importantly, I think they cover because I think they match up okay with LSU. Um, to the point where they can cause some problems defensively and Oklahoma can cause some problems with their offense, with Jalen Hurts running the ball, with the run game, uh, and obviously CeeDee Lamb. So I I think they cover. I'm not ready to say that they're going to win or anything like that, but I just think they cover. I don't know. I, I, I think maybe crazy. I think as the, the line keeps moving, I mean, LSU is up to a 13-point favorite in this game. I don't yeah. cover it. I think yeah. I think it's I think it's fair to say they cover. About whether or not they win the game though, we'll see. Yeah, so, no, I'm not there yet. So yeah, me neither. So that's Brandon Drum. He's on the ground in Atlanta with Joey Helmer and Colin Kennedy. All kinds of content up at OUinsider.com. The board is still popping. I'm doing more recruiting stuff during the week because the guys have this pretty much covered with what's going on at the Peach Bowl. Uh, big story up on Marvin Mims. We'll have some stuff up on Tumise Adelaye, who is a top 2021 prospect who released his top six. Go check that out. Brandon, uh, final word. Uh, I guess you better get your butt down here soon, man, because uh, it's, it's, it's kind of popping. It's kind of fun, too. I mean, there's a lot to do here. And I, I can't wait. Uh, thanks so much, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. See y'all.